0: Have a water bottle or some something to drink at this time, just go ahead and take a little water break, amen? Amen. Today um, we're starting a series uh, and it's titled, He's Calling You Out, all right? Um, the series is going to last about four weeks and I'm really praying that this series really does something to our lives and really just shakes us up a bit, I'm praying that it really just consumes us uh, in such a mighty way I don't want to take too much time so I want to get straight into my thoughts and the word of God today and um, the first thing I want to talk about today is yes he's calling us out and what you're going to experience is in the next four weeks you're going to experience in ways in which God is calling us out and you're going to experience the magnitude and the importance of how God is calling us out and you might be like well that's pretty broad He's calling us out. What, in, what exactly do you mean by he's calling us out? Well, I really pray that as each Sunday gets checked off your calendar, you start to see it develop in your life how he's calling us out. I, I really hope you see that. Um, I first off want to say really, and I know I, we're messing around now and doing announcements, but I really want to thank you for coming today because I know every single person here thought about it and said, man, it's such a good day to sleep in, Okay. And God honors you for that. Thanks for coming. Um, I think it's important that you are all here. Amen? And uh, I thank you for that. I thank you for coming. Um, it's like a hurricane out there, kind of. It's not really. It's not windy. It's just raining. Uh, one person said he almost had to take out his boat instead of his car to come over here. But uh, we thank you guys for coming. We hope that you're blessed uh, by today's uh, word and worship. Amen? So let's talk about this. Stuff. My first uh, lesson in our series and, and next week, I, I, and I really mean this, guys, you know when I say these things, it's like real serious. Next week, bring people that don't want to come, bring people that want to come. You do not want to miss, especially next week. We got something special for you. Um, I'm going to ask you just to uh, invite everyone you know uh, as we talk about part two of this series. It's going to be awesome. But today, my title is, uh, my message is titled, check this out, ready? The the theme is titled, he's calling us out, but the message is titled, he's calling things out. So you can write that down in your notes. Because I say that because of my first point that I'm, 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 the point that I'm gonna constantly, constantly just hit over the head, hit you over the head with is this. He's calling things out in order to call us out, okay? And that's what I'm gonna talk about today. He's calling things out in order to call us out. Now, I don't know about you, but maybe you have some examples in your life in which you've been called out. Anyone here could tell some? I'll give you like maybe two bad examples, and then I'll kind of end it with two good, ex- good examples. And you could probably relate to this, right? You were in high school, college, okay? Uh, whoa. Hey, take that off, man. Take it off, take it off. They're going to know. It. All right, there you go. <laughs> All right. As I say, you can put it up. Um, one bad one is, for example, um, what, what was the first one? Let's see if you guys remember. Okay, cheating. I don't know if you've ever been there. Um, as you guys know, last week I talked about where we have a group of guys that are attempting to take diving classes and trying to get diving certified. Well, it was pretty interesting as we started to take the test because no one knew the material on that test. One person did, and let's just honor him. Now nah, let's not honor him, okay? And, um, <laughs> but you know, everyone was looking at one person's test like, hey, what's this? And And we were all trying to cheat off each other because we really didn't know what we were doing there, you know. How much oxygen and how what's the buoyancy, and I'm like, whatever, dude. I don't get it. And uh, my test results show that I didn't get it. Amen. But that's enough of that. But you've probably been there where you've cheated. Maybe, I I pray that there's some good, holy, righteous people here that have never cheated in their lives, right? Yeah? Well, maybe in high school, college, maybe in middle school, maybe in elementary, you know. If you remember those days. And what you've cheated, and, 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 you know, you think you're getting away with it. You're like, yes, I'm not going to get in trouble today because I got the answers. I'm sitting next to the smart. See, that's what I used to do. In middle school and high school, I became good friends with the smartest person. And I always sat next to the smartest person because on test day and quiz day, my eyes were going to look at the smartest person's desk. And, and God has delivered me from that stuff. No, actually, not really, right? But... Um, <laughs> But you, could probably, you probably know what I'm talking about. You've all maybe been there. Maybe you've been that awesome person that everyone cheated off you. Man, you know what? Praise God for people like you. People like you got people like me through high school. Amen. Let's give it up for people like them. If you're one of those people that someone cheated off you, can you just raise your hand? We just want to honor you. Hey, wow. Okay. Now, if you're one of the people that looked at one of those people, raise your hand. Rudy, you raised your hand twice. one is it, brother? All right. But um, out of nowhere... For real, you guys helped me get through high school, but whatever. Out of nowhere, you, 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 you thought you'd get away, and they call your name, Regal, I caught you. Bring your paper up. And that is the worst feeling when the teacher calls you out. Why? Because you know that she's not going to tell you, What did you eat last night for dinner? You know when she says, Regal, come up right now. You know, and the whole class knows he just got caught. And he just got called out. I'm a teacher, right? And my, I know this is rude and I need help and I need prayer, but who cares, let's deal with it. One of my favorite things in the classroom is when I give a test or quiz, I love it, is I want to catch who's going to cheat. It's like if I'm fishing that day. I give tests test and i like, and I just walk around and I just look at, different, at, at how the students act. And I just look at how they act and I just look for the, just the, the weird maneuver that they've never done and boom, I call them out. It's one of the worst feelings, but man, it feels good when you're on the other side, Amen. Mr. Ref, you act like you've never cheated. And I just have to stay quiet. But another one is maybe when you've been caught lying, you know, you got yourself in a huge dilemma, a huge hole. And then uh, your wall, your back is against the wall and people are questioning you and you're getting phone calls and text messages. And and they caught you on a lie. And then you know what happens with liars? They lie so much that they forget what they originally say. And next thing you know, it's like, bro, you don't even make sense. And the person, (laughs) they're just caught in a rut. And they call you out. You know what? I've noticed this about you. You're nothing but a what? Liar. Isn't that the worst feeling? Because you know you've always been a liar and you know deep down inside you're lying. But when they call you out on it, it really stinks and it really makes you hurt. Maybe you've been there and you've been called out on that. And then I know some good ones that I could just praise God for was when I graduated from high school and from the university. I sat among thousands of people. And... Um, thousands of other people being there watching and then they roll by roll goes up to the platform and then finally my roll goes up and goes up to the platform and I'm next and then I'm there and, and I and they say Rego Figueredo and I stand up and everyone ah, and you know my basically my family ah, and then I'm shaking I'm shaking the the president the dean the principal whoever it is and I'm getting my diploma and then you know what everyone does right as soon as they grab it, what do they do and they show off because they boast in their hard work and what they just accomplished. That's a good one, right? When they call you out on that. Another one was, I'll never forget this one. Um, The day that I say I gave my life to the Lord, or I would say the day that the Lord really just saved me and took control of my life. It was at a retreat, and it was Pastor Javi. It was the second day of the retreat, afternoon service. I was sitting all the way in the back, corner seat, slouching. I Didn't want nothing to do with anyone that was there. I was there for all the wrong reasons. And he preached a message, and I knew it was for me, it was for me, it was for me, it was for me, it was for me. My heart was about to come out of my mouth. I had to, like, stick, you know. And as I was walking up to the altar, I lifted up my hands. I felt electricity from the tip of my fingers to the tip of my toes. I truly feel I was being baptized and filled with the Spirit that day. I was being consumed by the Holy Ghost. My friend Roger, if you know him, he's preached here, bald-headed, big dude. He had to hold me for two hours sitting down because I was just, like, drunk in the Spirit. It was such a beautiful time. God called me out that day, and uh, I could say that's probably one of the best times I've ever been called out. Amen? If you could turn your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 2, I want to read some scripture with you. Ezekiel chapter 2. I'm going to give you a good story here of someone who's been called out. And then after we read this story, we'll jump into our message. We're still kind of like in the introduction. This is the prophet slash priest Ezekiel. And Ezekiel in chapter 1 just sees a tremendous vision of God. I mean, he sees God in such a powerful way that in chapter 1 it says Ezekiel falls on his face on the floor. Can you imagine? Uh, I've been in the presence of God one time. I'll never forget. It was a retreat that we went years ago. Our church went. And the worship was going on. And people were worshiping God. And I remember I couldn't do nothing. It was like, a, I felt like weight coming upon me. It was like the, goal, the glory of God. And I just laid on the floor, and I was worshiping God, laying down on the floor. When I came to my senses, and I was like trying to get back up, I looked up, and I remember, I would say maybe close to, close to 300 people were there at that retreat, 200 and something. As I looked around, I see everyone on the floor. I couldn't see no one standing. Just the worship team was standing, and everyone was on the floor. And I said, wow. We just got a glimpse of the presence of God. Imagine Ezekiel in chapter 1 sees a vision, sees the presence of God. He falls on the floor, face down on the floor, and look what God tells him in the next chapter. He says, And the Lord said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet and I will speak with you. And as he spoke to me, the Spirit entered me and set me on my feet. Did you notice that? He wasn't strong enough to stand before God. But the spirit of God gave them strength to stand before God. So if we think that we're any strong before God, God says, your only strength before me is my spirit in you. God's people can say what well, to that. Amen. And I heard him speaking to me, and he said to me in verse 3, Son of man, I send you to these people of Israel. You already know that's not good, right? I'm sending you to these people. When God calls someone these people, you know, you know you've, ever, you've been there, right? When you, who are those people? you're like, you know that's nothing good. And God's like, I'm going to send you to these people. He's just fed up with them. I'm going to send you to these people, Israel, to the nations of rebels. He calls them a nation of rebels. These are his people. And God calls his people, I'm going to send you to the nation of rebels. Why do you think he's calling them rebels? Because they don't stop what? Rebelling. Duh. Okay. And um, like always, I get lost. Okay. Who have rebelled against me. They and their fathers, they've transgressed. They've sinned against me. So this very day, look at verse 4, the descendants also, I I love that impotent there, you know what that means? They're (laughs) stiff-faced. That's an awesome word. Imagine God coming to you and saying, hey, you stiff-faced, imagine, what? God, could you call me something else? Stiff-faced? What is a stiff-faced, by the way? Okay, but whatever, stubborn, you stubborn people. Ezekiel, I send you to them and you shall say to them that thus saith the Lord God. I like that because why? Whatever you're going to say, it's going to come from me, from God, he says. Don't speak out of your frustration and don't speak out of your emotion and don't speak out of your will, but speak out of my will and my words and my feelings, okay? And he says, you say that the Lord says this. And whether they hear or they refuse to hear you because they are all a rebellious house. You see that there? God was telling him, they're they're probably going to reject you because they're all rebellious. But they will know that a prophet has been among them. And verse 6 says, And you, son of man, be not afraid of them, nor be afraid of their words. Do not be dismayed at their looks, for they are a rebellious house. How many of you can say amen? You say, I don't care what they say to me, how they look at me, I'm gonna stand in the righteousness of God. Let them hate, let them hate if they wanna hate. Haters, welcome. How many of you could say that, amen? Welcome. Verse 7, and you shall speak my words to them. Whether they hear or whether they refuse to hear, they're rebellious house. He's telling him again, don't forget they're rebellious. But you, son of man, hear what I say to you. Be not rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat. You know what that means? Open your mouth and eat. When you look at that phrase, it means the same thing that the New Testament means in the Great Commission. Go out, therefore, and make. Go, go. Go out and do the will of God. That's what he means right here when he tells Ezekiel, go and eat. Eat what? Okay? Eat what I give you. What has God given each one of us? Come on, say it. His word. And he says, Ezekiel, I've given you my word. Eat it and go give it. Church, I've given you my word. Eat it and go give it. And when I looked, behold, there was a hand stretched out to me. And behold, a scroll of a book was in it. And he spread it out before me. And it had writing on the front, writing on the back. And there were written on it were words, I love this, of lamentation, mourning, and of woe. What a calling Ezekiel had here. How many of you can say yeah? Ezekiel was to go out to Judah and to Israel during one of its darkest times in Israel's history. The rebellion was so severe. And here's Ezekiel. After seeing a vision that made him just fall down to the floor, face first on the floor, he is now the one that is being what, church? Called what? Called out. Really, God? During such a time like this? Yeah, Ezekiel. I need people like you to go out during such a time. Wow. Wow. So now he's being called out by the Lord and he is to be the Lord's prophet that would speak the words of God. And there were more words of mourning and danger and sadness. And, and, you know, if you read the book of Ezekiel, later on in the book of Ezekiel, you do see how Ezekiel actually does speak words of restoration and comfort. We see that. But it reminds me, when I look at the story of Ezekiel, it reminds me of something so amazing. And it reminds me of this, ready? Not thousands of years ago. It reminds me of a time such as today. People are rebelling. I work for a school that has the word Christian in it, but I could see multitudes of people rebelling every day. How many of you know Christians that are rebelling every day in the word of God? Anyone here? Any witnesses? And it reminds me of the times that we live in today, that there is a generation, I believe this, that God is calling and God is calling them to speak to a rebellion that has become. And maybe you're like, well, I don't see it. Well, we're probably a little blind there because it's all over. So my question to you is, church, do you desire this call to be called out? Do you understand the call of being called out? Is it registering in your mind? Is it being deposited in your spirit that God is calling you out for such a time? I hope you could see that because it's such a time as this where God is calling the people to stand up to face rebellion. Jake Hamilton, he's a part of the group of Jesus Culture, but he does a lot of solo stuff. Um, Jake Hamilton has a song in one of his albums called War Drums, and I love it. I'm going to attempt to sing it to you. And the song is titled, Some, uh, the song is said, there's this phrase that he says over and over and over and over and over. And you've probably heard it. And he goes, someone in this generation is going to make a noise that's going to shake a nation. And he keeps on saying it. Dum, dum, someone in this generation is going to make a noise that's going to shake a nation. Dun, dun. And it's like, but you're in the car and you're like, I'm going to kill somebody. Like, it's just like, whoa. It's like, like, you're just ready to attack, man. You're like, I'm going to get Satan. I'm going to rip his jaws out. It's like, I'm ready to war. And you know why it's called war drums. You know why it's called war drums. Because you hear the word, and you hear Jake Hamilton's voice is so grimy, like, someone in this channel. He's not like, someone in this channel. No, no. It's like he's calling out a generation. Give me, an, give me a clap for an attempt. Good job. <laughs> but, but, but is this you, church? Check this out. Is this you? Are you that someone that is part of this generation? I don't care if you're 80 or 8. Are you part of this generation that is gonna make a noise, that is gonna shake a nation? And we're praying and we're saying, Well, Lord, shake the nation, Lord, change the people, Lord, and God's saying, Well, you're the generation that needs to rise up so that the nation could be shaken in the power of God. But, but, but we're praying for a people, and God answers back and says, You're the people. You're the people. And, and we're asking, no, Lord, not me. Send someone else, please. No, it's you. Someone in this generation, stand up, make some noise, and shake a nation already. Are you that someone? Are you that someone? Like Ezekiel. Ezekiel, enough, enough. Get up. That's what happened in chapter 2. In chapter 1, he was on his face. And God said, all right, all right, all right, right, enough, enough. Get up. I can't. Okay, I'm going to put my spirit in you so you could get up. And maybe you're on the floor and you're like, I can't do it. And God says, okay, whatever. I'm going to put my spirit in you so that you could finally get up. How many of you need the spirit of God so you could get up? And, and, and why am I going to get up, God? Because why? Because I'm going to give you a command. And your command is to go to Judah. Go to Israel and tell them what I tell you. For they are a rebellious house, but don't become a rebel like them. You give them the words that I say, someone in this generation, it's you, Ezekiel. You're going to speak a word. You're going to make a noise that's going to shake that nation. Ezekiel, get up. How about if he's telling you that today? As a matter of fact, I know he's telling you that today. He's telling you to get up. Can you answer that call? Can you be that person today? You know, why am I? And that was my introduction. Now I'm gonna get into my message. But why share this message? One night me and Nancy were sleeping, and it was in the middle of the night or early morning. I don't know what time it was, but we were passed out. And all we heard was ah, 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 ah. And it sounded like someone had a blue uh, uh, blowhorn in our room. Ah, ah, ah. And I'll never forget, I jumped out of my bed and went, oh, what's that? And he said, I don't know. And the first thing that came to my head was, oh, my God, someone is in my house. It's on. It's on, and it's scary, but it's on. And I was like, oh, my God, someone's robbing my house. Someone just coming into my house. And I thought my house alarm was on. I'm like, oh, my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. What am I going to do? And I was trying to think so fast. Everything was going into my head, should I run downstairs, should I? And I didn't know what to do. And then as I was starting to wake up because I was disoriented, I woke up. I said, wait a minute, that's not the house alarm. What is this? And then I eh, eh, eh. so I go, oh my god! It's probably for some reason it came from our window where the AC unit is right outside, and it was so loud. I said, it's probably the AC unit. Maybe there's like an alarm in the AC unit and it's broken, and maybe it's about to blow up. And I'm so nervous, and it's in the middle of the night, early morning. I don't know what time it is. I know it's dark outside. I, I put on a shirt, put on my Crocs, and I run outside to the AC unit, and I'm like, it's not the AC unit. And I'm like, what is that? And then I look across the fence, and I say, wait a minute. It's the car that's parked right outside of our house. So I go outside to the fence. I take a little curve right to where our window's at, where the car's at. And there's a car going, ah, ah, ah. And I'm I'm half asleep, and I'm disoriented. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. I'm like, you know, I have to wake up early in the morning tomorrow. And I'm looking at the car, and I'm looking around at the neighborhood. I'm literally doing this. Who's going to come out? (laughs) Who's coming out? I think I'm saying the story right, right, Nance? Oh. <laughs> okay. I got the alarm wrong. I got the alarm wrong. The alarm was eh, even worse. <laughs> it was wrong. It was, eh. oh, yeah, you're right. It just didn't stop. It was, eh. That's right. And, um, <laughs> Whatever. And I'm, I'm there and I'm looking around, I'm like, no lights are turning on. No window light. No one's coming. I'm like, come on, someone come out already. Am I the only one that hears this? Is this? Am I the only person that's awake? And I'm like, oh my, and I'm literally pacing in my neighborhood in the middle of the street, it's like four in the morning. I'm like, who's going to come out already? And no, no one's coming on. I'm looking into the car. I'm like, I'm not touching that car because it's it going to blow up on me. Are they going to accuse me of stealing? And, and I, and I went and said, Nancy, I don't know what to do, and uh, I'm going to call the cops, and she calls the cops, and the cops get there, and I'm like, sir, I can't go to sleep. <laughs> Actually, I called the security where we live in, and he said, sorry, sir, I can't do nothing about that. I said, what do you mean you can't do nothing about that? I pay you monthly an association fee, and you can't do nothing about this car that's in front of my house that I can't go to sleep at night? You can't come over here and, like, bang it one time or something? They're like, no, sorry, sir. Well, I'm going to call the cops. The cops come. <clears throat> And I see two young cops, and I say, I'm half asleep, you can imagine. And I'm like, sir, I can't go to sleep. This is not cool, and I don't, I don't see who it is. And I called the front desk, and the car's not registered to no one. And the car, cop came out. He opens the door, did something, boom, and it turned off. And I said, that's it. So I could have just done that. I could have just opened the door. He's like, no, it's better you didn't. But God spoke to me that night. And he spoke to my spirit, and he said uh, the same thing that I'm sharing with you today. You know, so many people are so distracted, so many people are so caught up, the alarm is going off, and so many Christians are just comfortable laying in their bed, and no one is coming out to do anything about it. And the Lord spoke to my heart that night, and he said, you see, you would have never come out if you would have never heard the alarm But when you saw the danger, when you heard the alarm that drew you out. And in our lives, I don't know if you're seeing the alarm of people losing their souls and going to hell. Nations shredding to pieces. And God is calling you out today. Eh, But are you going to stay sleeping? Are you going to ignore the call of God? But here's my message today, and I won't take too long in it. And we have enough time to get into it. And maybe this is not for all of you. Maybe it's just for some of you. And the truth is this. Before God can ever call you out, God is first going to call things out. Okay? Amen? If you have a Bible, if you're taking notes, please write this down. Highlight this verse in your Bible. It's Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Galatians 5.1 says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made you free. I want you guys to look at something. One translation, instead of stand fast, it says, stand firm. Stand firm in the liberty by which Christ has set you free. And then look what it says. Do not be entangled again. Do not submit yourself again. Do not be tied up to again with that yoke of bondage. You know what that means? Don't be submitted to slavery again. Does everyone understand this verse? Can I just keep going to my next point? Because this is what I want to make to you. I I put this verse up there for you, Galatians 5.1, because in my years as a Christian and in my years in ministry, I've seen so many um, come to Christ and catch fire and, and they're filled with this excitement and they get involved and they serve and they're loved and they're loving on people. And then out of nowhere, boom. They just disappear or maybe they just slowly start to fade away. And then that person who was so enraptured in God's love now becomes someone who who submits himself or herself again. Someone who was so in love with the Lord now gets tied up to again and becomes a slave to sin again. You don't have to point. You don't have to call out names. But I'm sure every single person could name someone here. That you've known someone that caught fire, that was excited, that was involved, and then something happened, and they fall back, and they get entangled again with the pattern of this world. Anyone seen anyone like that? A pattern that once disgusted them now becomes them. Someone who was being called out now gets, gets caught back in again into this world system. And I've seen it so many times, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, it's probably... One of the worst things, or actually one of the greatest things, or worst things, whichever acronym, I don't know which one to put, affects me as a pastor. So in the next four weeks, what I want to do is, I want to make sure, today's more like of an introduction and making this one point. But I want to, you to hear how God is calling you out. And today, I don't want this to be you, that you know that you're being called out. But there are things that are still inside of you that you have not let go of. And I'm going to tell you today, church, you need to let go of those things if God is calling you to go out. How many of you can say amen? See, God wants to call things out before God can ever call you out. Why, why, why this? I say this so that you don't go out and get all excited in Jesus. But then you come back and you get entangled again with the world. That's why I'm preaching this message. These next four weeks are going to be very important, vital teachings. But what you need to do is today get things out so you could get out. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 8 with me today really quick. Maybe this could relate to you. You look at this person coming up, and you see people bringing her up. And you might look at them and say, well, that's good makeup today, and that's a shame that she ripped her jeans and her shirt. But you see men bringing a woman up, and you see another man about to stone her. And here's Jesus, and he's about to teach. Look at at John uh, chapter 8 with me really quick. It says, Jesus went out to the Mount of Olives and early in the morning he came to the temple and other people came to him and sat down and taught him. And then these religious men, kind of like these two men that just came in, they did it pretty quick, but they came in here. And while Jesus was teaching, brings a woman. And as he brings this woman, and, and, and this woman could just come to me, she's this woman, adulterous woman. And, and just imagine this. Jesus is preaching and, and, and as he's looking at, I don't want you to think like, excuse me, excuse me, Lord, teacher, can can I interrupt? No, no, they rudely interrupted his message. When you read John 8, it wasn't like, oh, do you think we could say a couple words? They forcefully dragged the woman in while Jesus was teaching so that Jesus had to stop teaching and say, well, what in the world is going on here? And look what happens as he interrupts the message, as the religious people interrupt the message. It says, the scribes and the Pharisees brought this woman who was caught caught in adultery. And as she was caught in adultery, they set her in the midst midst of Jesus. And they said, teacher, this woman was caught in adultery. And I like what they say next. In the very act, we caught her red-handed. We, we, and, and we don't have to get into details. We just caught her, okay, with someone that was not her husband. And teacher Moses, in the law of Moses, he commands that such a woman like this, she should be killed. She should be stoned. That's what the law of Moses says. Come on, Lord, what are you going to say? Come on, you better answer wisely. And they said this testing him, and that's a whole other message. And Jesus stoops down on the ground, and he writes with his finger on the sand. And when they continued asking him, he got up again, and he said to them, He who is without sin among you first, let him throw the first stone. He looks at a multitude of religious people, and he says, You want to throw a stone at her because she sinned? Well, if you're without sin, then go ahead. Throw the stone. Condemn her. Do it. Do it. And and as we read scripture, it says that, again, he got down the ground and he wrote. And those who heard it, they were convicted. And look what happens. It says, they began to leave out one by one with the oldest to the youngest. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing in the midst. And I love this. Because this person is more than an adulterer. This person represents you. It represents me in our sin. And you might not look at it because you might feel like sin makes you feel good. But really that's how we look. We're destroyed. We're beaten. We're hurt. We're filled with pain. And really, I'm going to be very honest with you. Some of you can't even take a deep breath today. <sighs> because there's so much going on inside of you that you have not let go of. And you want to be used by God, and you want to do great things by God. But outwardly, you put on makeup, and you do your hair, and you put on your nice suits and ties. And, but inwardly, you feel just the way she looks. Can someone be honest today? Your rebellious children got you feeling like that? Your headache of a spouse? The gossip of the people? The sin of your life got you feeling like that when you come into the presence of God? Be honest with me. How many of you, don't raise your hand. This is rhetorical, don't. But how many of you could relate to this adulterer? Maybe you didn't commit adultery. But maybe you're so bound and you're so sick inside... And you're just saying, I need to let go of this already. Once and for all, I know God wants me, and I know God is using me, and God wants to call me out, but as long as I have all this pain, hurt, sickness, and suffering, as long as I have this sin and, and all this stuff inside of me, i will never going to accomplish God's will in my life. Anyone there? And Jesus looked at the woman who was brought by the accusers that were about to kill her dragged her through the streets of rocks and sand and probably hit her a few times, that she was bloody and bruised. Jesus makes eye contact with her. I'm sure she wasn't smiling, but I'm sure she was crying. And says, woman, where are your accusers? Where'd they go? Where's that man and the other ones that were gonna stone you and kill you to death? And she looks at Jesus and says, I have no more accusers. They left. And you and I can serve a holy God today, such a righteous God, such a God that has already done it for us that we've been talking about, that could get right back to your level because he was man before, right? And he died on the cross, right? And he says, just like they don't accuse you, neither do I. What? She was caught getting it on with another man that was not her man. Listen to me. There's not one sin, there's not one thing that has you bound, hurt, pain, misery, there's not one suffering in your heart that is too big that God can't heal, touch, save you, deliver you from. Amen. And God today gets at your level and he says I know what you're going through inside, I could see it all over your face, I could see what they've done to you and I could see that you were caught, I don't agree with your sin but I don't condemn you of it either. So watch this. I don't condemn you either. And I will not stone you. And I will not kill you. But watch what he says next. And in scripture he says, go and sin no more. Amen. Now, 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 As she stays up here. I, I want you to catch this for a second. I don't condemn you either. But go and sin no more. What Jesus is doing here, he's saying, I'm taking everything out of you today so that I could send you out to go and sin no more. You see, as long as she stays the same and as long as she carries this stuff in her again, over and over, she's just going to continue to do the same junk over and over again. But Jesus says, neither do I. I'm going to work with your inside. I'm going to work with what's going on in there so that you could go out there and sin no more. Come on, let's be honest right now. As you look at Betsy today in her disguise today, and I think she did a real good job, I want you to ask yourself, is that me? Can everyone do me a favor? Can you just take a deep breath in with me? Take a deep breath out. Let's practice it again. Take a deep breath in. Deep breath out. Did you notice you just breathed in and out? You did. Because why? You concentrated. But since we've started the service, have you forced yourself to breathe in and out? No, you haven't. Why? Because it's natural for you to breathe and to breathe out, exhale. It's natural. I'm gonna explain something to you, and I heard someone, and they blessed my life, and I wanna share it with you. And it's t- and it's called my next point, the system of letting go. Here is this woman accused of sin. In Matthew, uh, oh, well, before we get to Matthew. And we talk about breathing. I want you to notice something. Each day you breathe in and you breathe out. I wrote down some numbers for you. You breathe about 15 times a minute. That makes that you breathe 21,600 times a day. It's a lot. Have you concentrated on any of those 21,000 plus breaths? No, you haven't. Maybe a few. Maybe a few. Maybe a few. It's not something that you think about because breathing is involuntary bodily function. It's a system that God has what? Created in you. It's a system that God has made in you. Check this out. In which you inhale oxygen. You inhale this oxygen to supply the cells of your body, but then you exhale carbon dioxide that the cells give off as waste. Check this out. When you breathe in, breathe in one more time with me. You're breathing in what you need. Now breathe out. You are letting go of stuff that your body does not need. It is dangerous. It is harmful for yourselves. So what God has done is, he says, i am put a system in man so that you could breathe in what you need and exhale what is bad for your body. And you look at the physical body, and we don't even notice it, but the physical body preaches to us more than we know. Because just like we breathe in what we need and exhale what we don't need, it's the same thing in our spiritual lives. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 21 and 22, you all can relate to this. Peter tells Jesus, Lord, how many times should I forgive someone who has sinned against me? And the Lord says what? You shall forgive forgive him, not seven times, but what? Seventy times seven. Do you know that when the Lord said this, he didn't mean for you to tally mark and to count how many times you forgive someone? What the Lord was saying was this. He says, it's a system that I've created in you when you live in me. And that is this. You don't mark and you don't forgive people a certain number of times, church, catch this, but you forgive time and time and time again. Listen, just like it's normal for you to breathe in and breathe out, you make it that normal for you, for you to forgive and forgive and forgive, and you make it part of your being, that it's natural, that it automatically happens that it's a system that i created you so i don't tell you to forgive them a couple of times i tell you to continue to live your life in forgiving now this is so important because the points that i want to make now is this yes jesus was not talking about numbers but he was talking about a system listen church you keep forgiving Just like you keep breathing, you keep forgiving, it becomes a system that I've created in you. You inhale what you need, but you exhale what you need to let go of. What you don't need needs to come out. Now listen to what I'm going to share next. What is it in your life? Who do you need to forgive? Do you need to forgive yourself? What is it in your life? Who do you need to confront and say, look, I am sorry and forgive me. What are the things that you need God in your life to call out from you? What are the things that you need to let go before God so that God can call you out to this world? What sin is inside of here? Church, listen, I'm almost done. What hurt is inside of here what kind of manipulation what kind of stuff do you need to repent of and ask forgiveness of what's going on deep down in here that you need to let go of today you see because your body inhales what it needs and your body exhales what it doesn't need and there are things in our lives that you need to let go of that are destroying your life you know what I'm talking about. It might be the person sitting next to you, the person back at home. It might be the person across the room or the person across the country. But it might be something that's happened to you. It might be sin that you've created and uh, sin that you've, that you've fallen to. It might be a situation that you've caused or that was caused that has harmed you. I don't know what it is, but some of you are doing this. And you're about to pass out and you're no longer going to function in the presence and the power and the will of God because. There's so much air that you could bring in. You're just oriented because all you're doing in your Christianity is breathing in. But there's got to be a time in your walk today that I can't deal with this anymore. That you let go of the hurt. That you let go of the pain. That you let go of the suffering. That you let go of the sin. That you start to forgive yourself and you start to forgive others. So that this person that has sinned before God, God says, today I do not condemn you. I take out what, you need, what needs to be taken out. And he tells them, go. And you could go and sin no more. I don't know. It never really mentions her again in the Bible. But I bet, man, if that girl was me, my God, I would have never been the same because I saw death flash before my life and I just looked at some biblical examples and I said well what could have been of Judas Iscariot if he would have just let things go and he would have let God take things out can you imagine what Judas Iscariot could have done how many churches would he have planted how many souls would Judas have saved can you imagine what would have been of the first generation of the children of Israel that didn't make it to the promised land, if they would have just been obedient and if they would have seen their God who was calling them out of Egypt and leading them to their promised land of milk and honey, what could have been of them if they would have made it, that first generation? What could have been of that criminal, guys, that hung on the cross with Jesus and he hurled and he cried out and screamed out words to Jesus and said, hey, if you are the son of God, get us down from here get yourself down and the other guy says will you shut up do you not know who this is before between us what could have been of that criminal instead of hurling insulting words to Jesus that was his last chance church of salvation and like the other criminal on the other side he could have received eternal glory But instead, he didn't see that the Lord was calling him out, and he rejected him, and he never attained what God had for him. Think about that guy. Church, let me ask you some questions. What could have happened? What could have been of Noah's mockers? Hey, Noah, you're on year number 99. Noah built his ark for like 100 years, over 100 years. It's never going to rain, Noah. You're insane. It's never rained before. And it's never going to rain. They didn't listen to Noah. They didn't listen to God. And the rains came. And each one of those mockers died and drowned in the rain. Church, what could have happened to Noah's markers if they would have believed in the word of God in the flood and they would see that the God was calling them out to salvation? What could have been of them? We could go throughout the whole Bible, you know that? What could have been of Cain? Cain, who was filled in the book of Genesis, With such rage and such anger and such jealousy that if he would have just repented and if he would have turned back to the Lord and pleased the Lord with his offering once again, the Lord was calling Cain out but having such evil desires instead He obeyed the sin that was within him, and he killed his own brother. What could have been of Cain? What could have been of Cain's family, of Cain's brotherhood, of Cain's parents, of Cain's family, of sonship? He lost it all. If Cain would have just let go of things, if he would have just allowed God to call things out of him. Check this out. But Cain was doing this, and it killed him. He never realized, dude, I hate my brother. I need repentance. I really am going to sin and murder. I need repentance. If Cain would have just done and exhaled what he no longer needed. What could have been of Cain? Him and his brother could have been best friends. He could have been the uncle of his brother's kids. His brother could have been the uncle of his kids. He could have stayed with his mom and dad. He could have stayed in the land, but he gets kicked out. Enemies for the rest of the days confronting Cain. And church, here's my next question. What could have been of the new lifers? Those that have come to new life. But they've left. They've left because they went back to sin. They left because they were filled with jealousy and rage. They left because they really... The real issue why they left and why they have problems is because there's a heart issue. And they went back to sin and they went back to this world or they left because of jealousy, or they left because of anger, they left because of this, or they left what happens to them, what could have been of them if they would have just let go and would they still be with us today? See, the thing that I never want to say is what could have been of you? If you would have just let go and if you would have just let God call things out of your life today, what could have been of you guys? I'm gonna ask the worship team to come up and let's sing that Consuming Fire uh, song. Danny, if you could come up here. Let's um, sing Consuming Fire again. And I'm gonna ask every single one of you a question. As you saw Betsy come up here today, Jesus has put a system in your life And it's a system to, I know things are wrong. I know there is sin. I know there is evil. I know there is hurt. I know there is pain. I know that whatever it is that's going on in here, I know it's not from you, Lord. And the system that you've created is for me to confront the throne of grace and surrender it all to you. Exhale it out of your life. Today, if that's you, what do you need? Who do you need to forgive? What is damaging Your life, what things are God calling you out next week? You're going to hear a testimony and a sermon that is going to be a perfect example of when God calls us out, and it's going to really minister to you in ways that you have no idea. But I wanted this to be the first message very basic, very simple, and it's this the Lord says. Like Ezekiel, I'm going to call you out. But if I call you out and you get all excited and you're doing great things for my name, if you don't let go of those things in here, it's just a moment of time that you just come back to the world and come back to its patterns. So, how about the Lord is saying if we deal with those things now and clean you out from those things today, so that when you go out, you live in the newness in Christ Jesus? See, the Lord wants you to go out. That's why he gave us the great commission. Go, therefore. But what good is it going out there for when there's still hurt, when there's still pain, when there's still bitterness, when there's still a grudge, when there's still unforgiveness, when there's still all this filth, smelly junk. Inside are you bleeding. Inside are you bruised up inside are you hurt if that's you today be ready to say God surrender it all right here I exhale what I do not need today if I need to forgive someone I let it go I forgive today if I need healing in a certain area in my life I let it go if I need restoration whew, I let it go Lord if I need that hope today Lord I just let it go I let go of everything today with reverence as we stand up I'm going to sing this song And I'm going to end with one more verse and it's in Psalm chapter 86 verse 5 if you could all look up to the screen with me and it says oh Lord you are so good. How many of you could say amen? And you are so ready to forgive. How many of you can say amen? You're full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. Is that you today? Do you need to come before the presence of God and cry out this verse? Lord, you're good. And you're ready to forgive. And Lord, I'm ready to exhale and to let go. So Lord, as I let go and as I exhale and you're ready to forgive and you're ready to restore and you're ready to heal, Lord, you're so filled, full of unfading love. And Lord, today I ask you exactly for this. I ask you for help today. Church, if God is calling you out today calling things out first right now where you're at begin to surrender it to your God you know it if you want to come up to the front you can you're not obligated you're not forced you do what God is calling you to. if you want to just come up and get on your knees if you want to come up and raise your hands If you want to stay right there where you're standing and stretch out your hands and say, Lord, I exhale all the junk, all the waste that I no longer need. If that's you, give it up. And say it by name. Forgive me for being jealous. Forgive me for sinning in this area. Forgive me for holding and for being bound. Forgive me for being entangled constantly with this sin. Lord, let go of all these issues. Lord, one by one, take them away. So that I could be free. So that I could go out because you're calling me out. Right now as we sing this song, if that's you, come on church, give it to your God. Surrender it to your God. Let's worship him. Only you know your heart. Only you know the truth. Hallelujah.